trust the equation in the sense that, I mean, there's a million different paths you can take in sports nutrition, right? There's not like one path that you have to take to get to where you want to be. Hey everyone, and welcome to Sports Arty Snippets. I'm Liz Waluka, a registered dietitian and board certified specialist in sports dietetics. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you a sports dietitian guest that will share advice, insight, and rewards of the profession. Snippets of their own career path to becoming a sports RD. Hey everyone, welcome back to Sports Arty Snippets. Hope everyone's doing well. It is Labor Day right now. This will come out on Wednesday and time is flying. I mean, we are full speed ahead. I think everyone's feeling it. Like we are like, here we go. Um, Especially if you're in the collegiate setting. Um, Yeah, like I can't believe we're here. I felt like summer went by super fast, but yeah, I hope everyone's doing well. And I'm super excited for this episode today. We have Brittany Bearden on and I feel like anyone who listens to this episode has been somewhere in Brittany's career, whether, you know, Brittany's done a lot. She was a GA, she was a full-time sports dietitian, and then she was more in a consulting role, and now she's in sales. So she's done so many different things, has worn so many different hats. We really dive in today about the differences between, you know, working full-time as a sports dietitian and then consulting with multiple teams, and then also moving to sales. So there's just so many different things, and yeah, I'm just super excited. Brittany Bearden is a registered dietitian and certified specialist in sports dietetics with over 10 years of experience in college and professional sports. Brittany started her career in college athletics as a graduate assistant sports dietitian at Auburn University and went on to be a performance dietitian at Indiana University. From there, Brittany was a sports nutrition manager at Texas Health Sports Medicine, where she worked with individual athletes and teams. During her time there, she worked with the Dallas Mavericks, FC Dallas, the Dallas Wings, and Southern Methodist University. She has been a sports nutrition contributor on the Golf Channel, as well as adjunct professor for sports nutrition at the University of Texas at Arlington. Brittany currently works as an account executive at Notemeal, which is the leading athlete performance nutrition platform. Let's jump in and let's meet Brittany. Hi, Brittany. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Liz. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you. What's going on in your world today? Uh, well, I'm excited to be here. I My workday is finishing up, and so just now here chatting with you. How's your day been? It's good. It's five o'clock. I think it's on the, are we on a thir- is it Thursday today? Yeah, Thursday. Yeah, it's good. I feel like time's flying. It's August. This will probably come out early September, you know, right when school is about to start. But um, but yeah, I'm just super excited because I feel like you have so many different roles and you've done so many different things. So I'm just excited to kind of jump into that. And you started a new role too recently, right? With Notemeal? I did. Yeah, I'm about two months in. So did I started in oh. May. I remember talking to you at the conference. And did you, when did you start your new role? June. Okay. So I started a little bit before you, but yeah, I started mid May, actually CPSCA that Monday was day one on the new job. So really? I, was, I, work. Was at, I was at the note mill booth and like, you know, not really. I was going to say, details. just work at the booth call that a day. And people would come up to me, you know, and start asking me questions. I'm like, well, this is day one. So <laughs> let me ask someone else. So yeah. here's so-and-so, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So two months in, 
so far so good. That is so funny. I'm sure a lot of you listening probably know Brittany. Well, Brittany, is it really fun when people get a new job and they email you to upload it to the the new? Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like you're like a part of their like, you know, career. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's always like, I try to do my best at keeping that updated, but it is like, it's, I do also rely on people letting me know with those job changes because it's like, sometimes, you know, you'll hear about, oh, so-and-so took this job or so-and-so took this job but you don't always know that. And so it's always officially nice to know from the horse's mouth that. Brittany, hey, is all the source. You get like the real source from the person. <laughs> so yeah. all of you out there that have job changes, please email me so you can be reflected on the full-time sports citation page. Yes. Do people- And if it's wrong, just email me. Like I'll correct if it. If people leave a job, should they tell you as well? Because sometimes yeah. like, that person hasn't worked there in like 10 years, but I can understand you're not going to take them down unless. <laughs> well, and that's, a, yeah, that's the thing too. Sometimes they will leave. Yeah, they've left, but it, I don't, it's not like I manually check it every single day, you know? So I guess if, yeah, even if you leave a position and you're on there, that would also be nice to know. Yeah. So FYI to anyone listening, please keep Brittany <laughs> up to date. So everyone in the industry knows where everyone is. At all. Are you, are, are you updated? Did I update you? <laughs> yeah, I think I, well, I was going to say that again. That's not like how I know you. Cause that feels weird, but I feel like that's probably how I, like when I obviously got my first job, I remember it was like email Brittany. Oh yeah. Email. Which speaking of, this is really funny. Speaking of, I probably need to remove myself from Texas health sports medicine. <laughs> I don't think I've done that. So that's a great reminder. I'll put that on my calendar. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, what a great segue into telling us about your career path. But yeah, when you jump in, tell us about, you know, your career path, where you are and um and where you are today. Yeah, perfect. So I decided in well, whenever I was in high school, I always played sports, loved sports. When I was trying to decide what I wanted to do, I didn't I didn't know. Like and but then I kind of as like I was getting closer to college, I was like, okay, well, I love sports wanted to stay in sports. I mean, you can't play sports your whole life. And so I was like, well, but I like love the sports environment. And I also always enjoyed like food and baking, kind of just like the food side, not necessarily the nutrition side as much, but just food in general. So I kind of like, I don't even know where this idea came from whenever I was in high school, which was a while ago before the sports nutrition field was very big. But I was like, I would love to do sports and food and nutrition together. So I was like, if I could manage food and nutrition for sports teams, like that sounds like that'd be really cool. And I'm from the Dallas area. And so like then at that age, I'm like, if I could work for the Dallas Mavericks one day, that would be like my dream, you know? And this was like 16, 17 year old Brittany. So I decided to go, went to Texas A&M for undergrad, always with the, like knowing that I wanted to do sports nutrition, but I didn't know anything about the field of dietetics. Like I was clueless. So I didn't know, I mean, I didn't know the term dietitian at the time. Like this is how, like, so the, I feel like this was the, and I feel like now the undergrad program there does a lot better of a job of explaining the path to become a registered dietitian that you have to do an internship. Like I find out all this stuff, like sophomore year, probably that there was a dietetic internship involved. It's really competitive, like all these different things. And I remember too, whenever I was a freshman in college, sitting down with my advisor and they sh like tell me all the science courses you have to take I was like oh I didn't know that like so I just like learned oh, why is that like it's like nobody it's like this mystery and you're like oh this internship oh you need to do that in order to like become a dietitian but it's like your senior year like do yeah. they just not want to scare you like <laughs> yeah I feel like now the program at A&M does a better job of that but 
I, 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 pro- I mean, I should have looked into it more myself, I guess, like independently, but I, I don't know. I just do. didn't. Like, like, yeah, I, I didn't know. Oh. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know. And so as I started to find all that out, all this stuff, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I guess I'm going to be really good at science by the time I graduate. And, you know, so I like went through all of that. I knew. So at the time, Amy Bragg was a dietitian at Texas A&M. And so I knew that there was a sports dietitian there. And I was like, I've got to like meet her. I've got to like do whatever I can to get it, get exposure to a sports dietitian. Cause I also didn't really know quite what they did on the college level. So I remember seeing that Amy Bragg was speaking at some like regional dietetic meeting. And so I was like, I go to that, you know, let's like soak everything. I was like, was so enthralled by everything that she was saying. And then John Tangway was also working with Amy Bragg there at the time. So I got to, I would email them to see if they had any type of position that I could work for them or whatever. And so I got to work with them in my undergrad. So that was like my first exposure to a collegiate sports dietitian of kind of what they do, what the day-to-day looks like. And of course, as a student, you're making PB&Js, you're stuff, you know, you're doing all that kind of stuff, but I still, I like, I loved it. I loved being around. I loved kind of learning what they were doing and all that kind of stuff. So knew all along, I wanted to do sports nutrition specifically. So finish undergrad, do my dietetic internship at Texas Health has uh, Presbyterian in Dallas, actually, which is not, it was a medical nutrition therapy focused internship. I actually got to intern with Amy Goodson for like three days during that internship. She was like the only sports dietitian in the Dallas area. I got to intern with her and same thing, just like loved every single second of it. And was like, you know, so the more exposure I got to sports nutrition, the more I was like, yes, this is absolutely what I want to do. And then during my dietetic internship, I had heard about the graduate assistantship that was at Auburn. And so what at, during my internship, I was kind of debating if I was going to go to grad school because I didn't really necessarily want to do grad school, but I kind of knew it'd be beneficial just in general. But then when there was an opportunity to have like experience as a graduate assistantship working like kind of full-time basically in the sports setting under a sports dietitian, plus get my master's, that was kind of the best of both worlds. So applied and then uh, thankfully got that position in Auburn. So I was a graduate assistant sports dietitian with Scott at Auburn. So I was there for two years and got my master's in exercise physiology. And that was really the first time that I got to work kind of like full-time in the sports setting. And like, again, just loved it and like worked with several of the teams there kind of under Scott and worked in the fueling station. And at that time, Auburn was building a training table. So the, the new, it's called the wellness kitchen now that's amazing, but I never really got to utilize it because it was like in the it was being built but that was a great two years experience and then from there whenever I was graduating with my master's that position was just a two-year position so I couldn't stay on at all but I was looking for full-time positions and this is like how much the field of sports nutrition has grown like I was looking at the job board the other day and there are like pages upon pages of positions like whenever I got out of grad school and was looking for a full-time job there were like two positions in college. Like it was crazy. Like it's crazy. Yeah. So there was, I interviewed at a, like I interviewed, I guess at like I, I basically anything that I saw that was <laughs> a potential and that was in sports nutrition, I like would apply and ending up getting a position at Indiana university. So worked with Amy Friel for a couple of years and that was also a great experience. And I think too, one reason that I've loved so many of my jobs is because I've loved who I've worked for. Like that's been, I've, I'm so thankful to have worked for so many great sports dietitians that are just like fun people and, and 
nice people and want to teach you and help you. And like, they've just been, and I'm still very close with all of them today. So it's <clears throat> been cool to see, but at Indiana worked closely with football, the basketballs, baseball, soccer. So I worked with several teams there and was there for about two years. And then I am from Texas and I was in Indiana, right? And it, like the falls were beautiful. I didn't lo love the winters as much. So, yeah, wanted to get out of there. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I like, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I love my job and, you know, like yeah, yeah. Girl, I liked it. And then, yeah, it was, <laughs> there was a position that opened up at the time. It was Ben Hogan Sports Medicine. And it was actually, Amy Goodson was actually the one hiring for it. And she was oh. going to be, she was still working there at the time. And it was kind of a unique position because that position was going to be consulting with SMU and then doing some other things in addition to that. And it was, you know, back, it was back in Texas and it was in the Dallas area, which is kind of the area that I'm from. And so I was just interested automatically for that reason and talked to her about it and kind of what it, what it was. And it was kind of a weird time because I felt like up until this point, I had always worked in college athletics. Right. Right. And that would have been the first position that I would have taken that wasn't full-time college athletics. So scary. It was, yeah. It was really scary. And it was kind of this weird feeling of like, am I giving up? Like, am I like, am I like not? Cause obviously college athletics is, I mean, it's amazing. It's great. I loved all of my jobs, but it's also a I mean, it's, it's hard, right? It's a, it's a lot of time. It's, a, it's a big commitment. And, and so it was like, because of it's, you know, it's, it's the grind, it's hard. It's like all those things that we you know we're drilled into as a sports dietitian of like, just get in there and grind and like, you know, and so like, I kind of almost felt like I was like, well, am I giving up? Like, am I giving up this like grind that I'm supposed to be doing? And I felt like I struggled with that of like, Hey, do I get out of college athletics full time? Like, Anyways, ended up accepting the position and knew that, you know, for some reason I just didn't like it. I could always go back to full-time college athletics. And so my job at Texas, it's been Hogan Sports Medicine at the time. I was working underneath Amy Goodson and consulting with SMU. So that was the first time that I was consulting with a team or a university and not full-time there, which was interesting. Yeah. And then was doing, so that was about half of my time. And the other half of my time I spent working with individual athletes, working with some smaller teams in the DFW area. So it was a very, uh, very much a different type of job. So it took a little bit of adjusting. Um, and on the consulting piece, that was interesting because coming from a full-time position in the co in college athletics, right? Like you, you're just there. I mean, you're there all the time. Yeah. You don't have to worry about much. I feel like there you go. Yeah, and you like, if you have an idea to implement with a team, you just do it. Or if you, I mean, you, you have, several things going, you know, that you're doing with your teams, but in a consulting role, if you have that idea or want to implement something, it's a little bit more difficult because you may not be there. You may not be at that meal, or you may not be on that trip, or you may not be there at that lift, or you may not be at the fueling station at that time or whatever the case may be. And so it's takes a little bit of creativity and like prioritizing things. And you just function a little bit differently than if you're there full time. And so I, worked closely with the football team there at SMU and then a few other sports as well, but did that for about three, close to three years, I guess. And then more recently, so that, that job at now, so it was Texas health sports medicine, um, towards the end, but that job kind of 
morphed into a couple of different things. And every year looked a little bit different with different consulting roles and things that way. So started at SMU and then more recently in my last couple of years there, I got to consult with a couple of professional teams in the Dallas area. So worked with the Dallas Mavericks, FC Dallas and the Dallas Wings. So is that all connected through Texas Health or no, the consulting for all of those teams? All the consulting was, yeah, through Texas Health to where it was kind of like I functioned pretty independently, but all of those contracts were through Texas Health. And and all the contracts came about through different routes. Some contracts were like the company, our sports medicine company would have a larger relationship with that organization or team. Yeah. Um, and then others were kind of more of my doing of knowing that that a certain team didn't have a sports dietitian. And so I kind of pursued that opportunity or created an opportunity and pursued it. So it was kind of a mix of how they came about, but they were all through the company. I have two questions for you. The first one, which I kind of really want to know was like, what was the 16 to 17 year old Brittany thinking when she was working with the Dallas Mavericks? I mean, was that crazy that that actually happened? Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. So whenever I, it was really funny because actually the day that I, well, so yeah, I mean, yes, I was, I was thrilled to get to the chance to work with them. And the day that I kind of went in for like a interview it was it was I mean it was technically an interview but it's a little bit more of an informal interview but it was on my birthday one year it was like one summer on my birthday. and I was like man this is just meant to be <laughs> but but yeah that I mean that was a really cool experience to get to work with the team that I kind of said that I wanted to work with whenever I was young and it was also like being a basketball fan being from the Dallas area like grew up being a Mavs fan and like Dirk Nowinski is will forever be my favorite athlete. And so, yeah, that was a really cool experience. I love that. And then my second question is what about like, just from that transition, because like, I mean, I know I just took a new job, but I knew it was in collegiate athletics. So, you know, it's comfortable. It was a comfortable switch, but I can only imagine like, you know, going like doing the grind and working full-time in collegiate athletics. And then like knowing you want to go home, which is like very reasonable, but like, you know, did I make the right choice? Like, how did you kind of talk through that? Like, what's your advice to anyone that's like, I want to maybe move close to home, but am I, am I going to do what I love? And then you don't want to not do what you love because then you'll associate like being home with not what you want to do. Right. Yeah. I mean, that part's always tricky, right. Of like life and jobs. And I feel like that's always tricky. And I read a book once that phrased it really well. It was talking more about like life circumstances and things like that, but basically in the book, they talk about trading awesome for awesome. But like both of them are awesome, right? You have a lot of different scenarios in life where like whatever you're doing, like if, whenever I was working in Indiana, working with football, traveling, doing all that, it was awesome, right? I loved it. But then also being close to home and being close to your family and friends and other things, that's also awesome, right? And so I think there's, there's always going to be kind of trade-offs in life, whether that's a job, whether that's just life circumstances, whatever that, that, that may be like, there's always trade-offs for that. And I think you have to balance the pros and cons of that, depending on kind of the life phase and what other priorities you have in life. And so I would say number one, that, and then number two, I would say like nothing, nothing is forever. Right. Like, and I think that can take some pressure off because there'd be times because sometimes for big decisions, I can be really indecisive whenever I have to make a big decision and I get so like kind of stressed out. I'm like, is this the right choice? Like, is this going to ruin my career? Is it like whatever it is, right? Of like, I mean, and they are big decisions, but 
nothing is forever in the sense of, okay, let's say if you do take the job and let's say if you absolutely love it, that's great. You love it and like enjoy every single second of it, but it's not going, it's not going to last forever, even if you love it. And then on the flip side, if you hate it and it's terrible, it's not going to last forever. Like learn from it, do your best, but then look for another job. Like, so I think that's also can help me kind of take the pressure off some of those huge decisions of like, okay, yes, I need to be wise and think it through and not make a rash decision, but I can also change my mind down the road if for some reason it doesn't work out. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point because it does feel like sometimes, you know, oh, if I take this and that, you know, I feel like such a big decision, which obviously it can be, but I like the awesome and the awesome that just kind of takes the pressure off. And you're right, like there's a different type of awesome or just kind of changing, not like your priorities, but where you are in your life and your career and what's what you value. And I mean, in any capacity that you can be a sports dietitian, I'm sure that's not like good enough, but like if you love what you do and you're close to your family or whatever you, where you want it to move, then it'll be likely worth it. I right. Think. I think- yeah, that's the thing too. Like, I mean, your life will change, right? Your life is very different at 23 versus 33, right? I mean, or like in 43 and 53, like when your life does change, right? And I think that's good because I mean, you're like, you're having, you're, you're having growth in your life, right? And hopefully you're having that professionally, but also hopefully you're having that personally as well. And generally that means different life circumstances. I love it. So now you're an account executive at Notemeal. So you made the switch. Can you just tell us about that role or just where you are now and, you know, your consulting and, and what you do with Notemeal? Yeah. So I'm an account executive with Notemeal. So I try, am trying to learn all the techie terms. <laughs> it's so, it's so funny in tech because they have like all this, just these buzzwords or just different things that they say that's only said in tech. And I kind of was joking around initially with when I first got the job, I'm like, if people that I'm working with, just start throwing around all these tech terms that I don't know. I'm just going to start like throwing out glycolysis terms yeah. and oh God. cycle terms. And <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but yeah, so I, right now I'm focused on kind of the D1 collegiate space with Notemeal and I'm technically on, so with, as an account executive, you're kind of on the, like the sales side, which is kind of weird to say that I'm, you know, in sales now, but it doesn't, feel like sales for me because it's like, I think like tools like Notemeal help sports dietitians do their job better. And it's like that, if you're passionate, like I'm, I like sports nutrition. I like sports dietitians. I like want our field to improve and grow and get better. And to me, this is a tool that helps us do that. Um, like in your job now with like, how many student athletes are you working with? I mean, we technically have 700. The school year hasn't yeah. started yet. So yeah, we have so a lot. In a perfect, let's say in a perfect world, like what would you want to, what would you want to provide to every single athlete? The best care possible. Yeah. And it's really difficult to do that. Right. Whenever you you're one to three or 400. Right. And so I think tools like no mill provide us resources to do that in any capacity that we're working in, whether we're working in college, whether we're working in private practice. I mean, it just, it, it's a resource that we can use if it fits the way that we like to work with athletes. And I think it's cool to see like tech obviously is taking over a lot of different industries or infil like filtrating a lot of industries. And I think tech for sports nutrition is like the very beginning. Yeah. And so I'm excited to see how that will grow and how it will 
you know, fit the needs of sports dietitians. And it, one, another reason why I really like milk meals because it's made, it's made for us. Like it's made for sports dietitians. It's yeah. not made for clinical <laughs> dietitians. It's not made for, you know, food service. I mean, it's like made for sports dietitians yeah. and it, that, that to me is what makes it what it is because it's not like it's for us. Yeah. That's interesting though, about the sales. Like you don't feel like, I'm sure that was like, oh, like, I don't want to feel like that, but it, it makes sense because you're selling something that you believe in because you are the, we are sports dietitians. And that's what I love about like these companies now are like bringing people who like just sports dietitians are like colleagues that we know. And it's just helpful to like understand or learn about a new product. And I just kind of think it's super helpful for, it's very smart of the, you know, the leaders of the team and the companies to do that for sure. Yeah. And, and no, and I mean, I think a lot of companies, I, I agree. I think a lot of companies are going in that direction, which I think is huge. And also um, on the note mill side, I mean, we can like, they want to get the industry's voice, right. Of what, what we want, what we need, what, like they want that. And so I think it's cool that, and when note mills continuing to hire registered dietitians and sports dietitians. So yeah, I'm excited to see the growth of, of the company. And then also the growth of sports nutrition with different tools like this at our fingertips. Yeah, for sure. So are you still at Texas health sports medicine with note meal or how is that transition? Where are you with that? No, I'm not with Texas health sports medicine anymore. So yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm now hundred percent with note meal. Got it. Okay. So I guess we're kind of going backwards, but what, what is a typical day like consulting, you know, just so, you know, people kind of know what what is a typical day or just advice about going from a full-time sports dietitian to consulting? Yeah, it's definitely different. And for me and my experience, because at one point I was consulting with three teams. So depending on the time of the year, you know, there might've just been one team in season. There might've been two, I guess the max I ever had at one point was two teams in season, but I mean, it's just different because you're, you have to manage your time across different teams, right? And then you have to do that in the college setting, obviously, of like, if you're working with multiple teams, you've got to kind of manage that, but at least you're like kind of in one place. But like sometimes when you're consulting, it's difficult to feel like you're giving 100% to one area yeah. or one team because like, because you're not, because you're, you're not paid to give 100%. But it can feel weird from the, that the driven side of you, this, I mean, the sports dietitian side of you of, of wanting to like give your best and do your best and provide the best care that you can to the athletes and teams. So I think that's, that was a challenge initially of just, I couldn't do everything that I wanted and I couldn't, I didn't feel as much part of the team as I wanted to. Right. Which was a change, you know, and I mean, I think every team that I've consulted with, of course, the I mean, this is again, the same thing in full-time positions as well, but you'll, you'll have probably some teams in your career as a sports dietitian that you that's true feel closer with than others. Yeah. Right. And that's for a variety of reasons, but, and I would say the same as it's the same with consulting of some teams that you work with, even if you're not there full-time, you feel more part of the, the team and the staff and that kind of thing than other teams. So I think you have that to just a higher degree in the consulting world. And then too, I mean, I think, so in terms of like kind of the day-to-day, -day, I mean, obviously COVID has changed a lot of that, but pre-COVID, you know, I would still go to the, I mean, I would basically function like I would in a full-time capacity, just not be on site as much. All the time. Okay. 
Yeah. So uh, it's like you have the team talks and you go on the day of the team talk. Like, I guess that makes sense. I guess that's kind of like, yeah, I get it. That's interesting though. To think about it, like you get in your car and you go or then you go to the next place or whatever. Right. Uh, yeah. And then I would say one time, there was a time during in my role at Texas Sports Medicine, whenever, I guess, whenever I was, so several years ago when I was working with SMU and then also doing some other stuff, it was kind of funny because I would have day or most days actually to where I'd be at SMU either in the morning or the afternoon, like half my day, basically. And I did that pretty much every day whenever I was working with SMU. So whenever I was at SMU, generally I would, I would wear more of like athletic clothes, right. Of like SMU gear, tennis shoes, kind of more athletic clothes, right. Cause I was in the weight room a lot. Yeah. And then outside of that though, I would be like, lecturing and like I'd be doing all these like professional things so I or not I mean not that that's not professional but I would be in more professional <laughs> settings it. as opposed to like a weight room with football players yeah. so like half of my day I would be like in business casual and then I'd switch over to like my SMU clothes or vice versa oh my god so that was always interesting days because it'd be like they just the switch which I mean I in ways I really liked it because I kind of got everything. I kind of got to be a little bit more businessy in some areas and got to be more athletic and sporty and in other areas, which actually I like both of those. I like a good mix of both of that actually. And so while it was challenging at some, at some points to manage all of that, it was also at times kind of nice to be able to do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Is it cool now? Because haven't a lot of those positions that you've kind of worked in become full-time, like kind of seeing that happen, like is an SMU hiring and. Uh, yeah, it it is cool to see that. And that's, I mean, I think that's the, <clears throat> the goal, right. For the profession is to have teams that have full-time dietitians, obviously. And I think, I think there's different thoughts about consultant dietitians. And I, I know that the setups can be way all across the board, right. On how they function and all those different things. And I think it's, for a variety of reasons, but to me, it's never, I mean, unless you, I guess you have an incompetent dietitian, but it's never, to me, it's never bad that a team has a consultant dietitian as opposed to nothing. Cause at least they have a resource, right. That's a, a sports dietitian. And I think the goal would be to grow it to a full-time position. So yeah, SMU, I know they're hiring a full-time position. Uh, the Mavericks hired their full, first full-time position this year. Um, FC Dallas still has a consultant, but yeah, I mean, the, 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 movement of those positions has been really cool to see because it's gone from nothing to now a full-time position. And it's for the like Mavericks in particular, like I was kind of the first consultant with them in a while. I think they might have one like years and years and years ago for a little bit, but approaching them and working to kind of create a consultant position is now a full-time position. So like, it's really cool to see that type of movement and growth for a for a professional team. Did you ever think you'd wear so many different hats? Like, did you ever picture the consulting part? Cause I feel like that's not as common or maybe that can be more common, but I don't really see many people like doing or juggling like three or four roles or maybe I just don't know exactly, but um, just anything on that. I, mean, I guess there's been several things up to my career so far that I couldn't have predicted with some of this. And I, I guess in that scenario too, of the consulting with different teams, no, I don't think I, that was never really like my goal, if you will, of like, you know, getting to a point where I'm consulting with three teams. I mean, it kind of just happened kind of, I mean, and it, you know, again, it's like kind of going back to what I said earlier of nothing is forever. Right. Like, I mean, it was a period of time where I was able to consult with those three teams and it was a good experience for me, but I think 
it can be challenging again to feel like you are making mean, meaningful progress at times just because you can have limited exposure with the athletes and teams. Yeah. What about like any pros or cons to consulting? Like for anyone that's, you know, maybe thinking about consulting or, um, you know, maybe they have their first consulting gig and like, they're kind of wondering like, how do I really make the, the biggest impact with the time that I have with this team? The biggest thing that I can say that would be helpful is be very, whether it's whenever you're proposing or let's say you've gotten the role, be very clear and purposeful with the services you're going to provide. Cause I think it can be easy to be like, okay, I'm going to provide sports nutrition services for 10 hours a week. Right. And that like, and it's not necessarily bad. It's just, that's a very open-ended way yeah. of packaging it. Right. And so <clears throat> sports nutrition services to you, the dietitian might be very different than the expectations of the strength coach or the athletic trainer or the coach of what sports nutrition services mean. So I think it can be helpful to <clears throat> create packages that are very like task driven of like, Hey, I'm going to do like, these are the tasks that I'm doing in these 10 hours or in this. Well, I mean, however you package it, there's a million different ways to package that, but I think you can be more intentional with what services you're going to provide. And that not only helps the team, but it also helps you as a dietitian be like prioritize and know, okay, this, like, this is what I do with this team. Did you find yourself going back and forth or was it like, yes, we want this. Or is it, is it a lot of like strategy when you're, is, you know, is it, do you always feel like you're meeting with the right person to bring you in? Do you, do you always feel like everyone at the table's there that understands, you know, what the objective is, or is it every place is kind of different? In my experience, every place was so different. And it was also, I mean, it was all different leagues too. So in my experience, like MLS versus NBA versus WNBA, like very different leagues, right? And so the progression of interviewing or kind of getting into the position was like all very different. And their expectation, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's so different per team and league and things that way. So I think you kind of have to, navigate each scenario because it's going to, every scenario is going to be a little bit different. What I will say to you, I mean, it's a little bit off topic, but it's interesting to see, we'll take the WNBA, for example, right? Like the resources there, very different than like college women's basketball programs. It's so crazy. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously to like top women's basketball programs that have well-developed sports nutrition programs now, right. That ha are used to a training table are used to a fueling station are used to a sports dietitian, like that have that in their college setting. And they come to a team in the WNBA that doesn't have a lot of those resources. It's pretty interesting to see just the difference in those settings. Yeah. It's just interesting to think you go up a level, but did you go up? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It is interesting. And I think that it will continue to improve in that league in particular. I mean, they've already made improvements in the past couple of years regarding player health and resources and things that way. So I think it will continue to improve and hope, I mean, hopefully it does. How do you optimize your body and maximize your mind to get the most out of every day? You need the right fuel and you need Momentus. Momentus offers high-quality, lab-tested, next-generation sports and human performance products. One of their best-selling products is Momentus Omega-3. Omega-3 is a daily fish oil supplement designed to optimize intake and, most important, omega-3 fatty acids, EPA and DHA. 
Their fish oil also contains a minimum of 90% triglyceride-bound omega-3s, the form of omega-3s found naturally in fish and most easily absorbed by the body. The digestive enzyme lipase is also added to further improve bioavailability. Go to livemomentous.com and order omega-3s and use the code RDSnippets20 to get 20% off their products. That's R-D-S-N-I-P-P-E-T-S-2-0. Thank you so much, Momentous, for sponsoring this episode. What about since you've you've seen a lot, you've worked with so many different teams and probably so many different people with so many different goals, you know, what, what was the hardest lesson you kind of learned through all, all this? One theme that I have experienced throughout my career and whether, regardless of the setting, but just in the field of nutrition and sports nutrition is it's kind of a hard field to be in, in the sense that everybody thinks they're an expert in nutrition. It's well, just draining. Just, it's draining. Yeah. It can be very draining and very disheartening, right. To, you know, obviously it's not like we just wake up one day and we're a CSSD. It takes time. It takes education. And obviously, you know, we all have more to learn, but it never fails to surprise me. Like regardless of how amazing the sports dietitian is or experienced they are or respected they are in general and like in the field of sports nutrition how other people will try to like kind of go around them or try to I don't know try to like not utilize them for nutrition um so I feel like that's always disappointing whenever you feel like um when other people think they're a nutrition expert yeah. Right. And not to say, I mean, obviously, again, we all like we all have more to learn, but I think it's just a hard field to be in, in the sense there's a lot of nonsense in the nutrition world. And it's disappointing whenever professionals can't decipher what's nonsense and what's reputable. I think you make a good point, though, because something I've kind of learned, I think I used to think, oh, like if you make this really good presentation, like everyone will be bought it like it like you feel like, oh, if I if I do something. But at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know, because now I have experience versus like day one but I just feel like you either have a natural stakeholder in nutrition or you don't like I feel like I found those people and I didn't have to like I didn't have to like do so much to earn their like they just got it and I just feel like though I don't know if like you have felt the same way but I've just kind of like run into these like special people that like get it and it's not like I gave this like crazy nutrition, you know, presentation. And I think I thought it was going to be like this, not dramatic thing, but I'm going to give this presentation and everyone, but I feel like you either get it or you don't, or you want the service or you don't. And there's just no, I don't want to say in between, but I don't know. I just feel like you, I don't know if you just get lucky with the right people, but I don't know. Too with nutrition in a lot of different areas of nutrition, you're never going to please everyone. So of course, in of course, in the sense of like food service, providing meals and that kind of stuff like that, that's like, of course, you're never going to please everyone. So you can't take any of that personal, but also in just like a nutrition education standpoint as well, because sometimes I feel like you'll have a coach or someone that really is excited about nutrition, but then they're kind of hitting points about nutrition or like, you know, like we really don't need them to eat a lot of sugar. So make sure you tell them like, Hey, yeah, no, oh no, this and this and this or whatever. That's not, you know, it's like with good intention, but it's not necessarily like, yeah. I mean, that person clearly needs time. Like you need time around them for them to like pick up on 
your education, I feel like for like two years in order for them to like settle down, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think what I was referring to is probably like, because sports nutrition has grown so much, a lot of the people that have been stakeholders, they've seen it before. They've worked with people like you all listening that, you know, and that just goes to show like if you're working with anyone that it's so important to do a good job because either you move on, that person goes somewhere and they run into that next sports dietitian and like you could automatically set them up for success or you could do the exact opposite. And I don't know, I hope that's inspiring, not like, you know, not depressing, but just know like everything you do, like really, really matters, <laughs> really matters. And I would say that's another yeah. lesson from, for like a, for younger sports dietitians of, yeah, I mean, it's crazy in college athletics and athletics in general, like how much people are in different positions, right? So there's still times where like somebody that I, whether it's a coach or a any in it, or an athlete now or in any scenario of somebody that I worked with at a certain place and now they're this position at this spot and you're like never in a million years thought you'd run into them again and then you're like working with them yes I feel like people that don't think about that like yeah it's yeah. it's crazy and the, I feel like the, just the older you get the more you're like oh wow this is insane like it really is a small world of athletics in general and so I think with that like you like you said everything matters but also yeah just building strong relationships, if at all possible with people and, you know, being aware that <clears throat> like, don't burn bridges with people because you may, they may be your boss one day, or they may be oh whatever. My God. If you burn a bridge with someone, I'm sure they wouldn't hire you and be your boss. <laughs> That's funny. What about, you know, just throughout your career, like anything that you didn't expect that um, was kind of good advice or that somebody said once or just kind of stuck with you as just like you know random but really really insightful one thing that comes to mind with that and it's probably pretty unexpected but and it's uh, it was a while ago but my high school math teacher he was like he was one of my favorite he was my favorite teacher in high school but his name was Mr. Smith he wore all black like he was he was a very interesting guy but I remember like in math like it was I don't even remember which math it was but one of the upper ones that you take before you graduate, but before tests and different things like that, if we would ask him questions about, oh, we're, how do we study for this or whatever, he'd always kind of say like, just trust the equation, like no, like what you know, you know, kind of deal in the sense of like, don't like in math, obviously, if you kind of know how to utilize the equation, the equation does the work, right? Like, I mean, you still kind of have to like understand how it works and that kind of stuff. But basically he was saying, you know, just trust that you know what you're doing because we've studied you've put in the work and that kind of stuff and I would say how I'm going to apply that to sports nutrition is trust the equation in the sense that I mean there's a million different paths you can take in sports nutrition right there's not like one path that you have to take to get to where you want to be but trust the equation in the sense of like yeah you got to work hard and you've got to um, learn you got to do the education you've got to do the dietetic internship you've got to do the experience. I mean, you have to do some things, but if you do all that and continue to do that, like you will have, I mean, most hope, hopefully a positive result in the sense of like, you've done the work and you can get to those positions that you want to get to kind of deal. And I would say a lot of times that can be unexpected and kind of what happens as you do that. Um, and I think that's what I've seen kind of throughout my career as well. There's been things that I've gotten to do that I never really set out to do, but it was a result of just working hard in this other area. And it opened up opportunities in other ways. I love that. Trust the equation. If you're bad at math, it sounds a little intimidating. <laughs> I 
I love that. And I think it's also a good reminder that like, I think we all think of like the end result or like, I mean, I guess for both of us, like I'm back home. Well, I guess you're remote. Are you remote or you're in Dallas? I mean, you will be in Dallas, right? You're in Montana right now. Or where? Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, I've always wanted to be back home, but I think it's really important to not always think about like the final destination. I might, this might not even be my, I mean, I think it is, but you, you like, you're saying like, you don't even know like what's really next. Um, but it's so important to like, enjoy the equation, like enjoy the process of like, you know, oh, I can't believe I just said that. I don't think I even like math, but like, you, like enjoy Auburn, enjoy Indiana, enjoy all those things that, you know, you hope get you to this point. But, um, yeah, that's, that's really helpful. Cause you're right. Like if you put in the work, you love what you do, like you're going to get pretty close to like, you know, where you want to be. So I think that's really good. Yeah. And I think there's times too, like now, whenever I look back at Indiana or Auburn or any of those times where, yeah, we, I was working a, a ton. I was working a lot, but I also have such good memories from those times of the people that I met and just the, some of those life experiences. And even for me, like moving to a couple of different States and that kind of thing, like those are experiences that are hard to replicate as you get older. And so if you like, I mean, I think that's another piece of advice I would say too, for young dietitians that do want to make this like their career path, like early on, there are, there are times where you have to kind of just go where the next job is. And I think as you do that, that can lead you to some more of your preferred opportunities, but sometimes early on you have to make some sacrifices if you are really serious about your job. For sure. All right. Ready for the rapid fire round? Yeah. All right. City or suburb? City. What city? Dallas? <laughs> uh, I mean, I like Dallas. Uh, there's a lot of cities that I like, but I, I mean, I definitely, I like getting away out of the city, but for lifestyle, I like city life. Best place you ever lived as a sports RD? Or maybe most interesting, I guess I'm changing it, like place you didn't expect that you liked? I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess the most unexpected place I've ever lived is Bloomington, Indiana. Like I never okay. thought I'd live in Indiana. Um, I mean, overall, I really enjoyed it. It had four seasons, which we do not get in Texas. Oh, yeah. So. Got it. Best MTV show back in the day? Oh, yeah. MTV Cribs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That one. Do you remember like next? Um, was that on the bus? Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, I remember that. Like, was that like the old school version of Bachelor and Bachelorette, basically? <laughs> no, I know. Like, well, I was just talking to someone else. It's crazy that like they don't make those types of shows anymore. Like those were good. Like Rim Raiders, Next, Date My Mom. Like so funny. Like they were so good. And now there's like nothing to watch. Do you ever watch I the the road road rules like fresh catch would be like these um competitions not like survivor it was like cooler or something i don't think i ever watched no. that oh i don't know but there were some good shows back in the day best travel snack Ooh, peanut butter m&ms that's a good one most underrated candy uh the take fives it's like a. have you ever oh. had that you know, I've seen them, but in, I feel like, what is it like the pretzel, the chocolate, and it's like everything you'd want, but it's not popular. So I don't take it. What <laughs> I don't. Take yeah. It. They're really good. Like they're, yeah, they are hard to find and you rarely see them. Sometimes at Halloween, you'll see the fun size ones, but they're really good. Um, is fast break. Is that a Reese's product? Remember fast breaks? 
Mm, I'm not sure. Not. I feel like, do you like Twizzlers? Uh, they're okay. I like, I always <laughs> go for more chocolate-based candy. Speaking of Halloween, I don't want to say the fat Twizzlers. You know, like, the, why on Halloween is there only, like, those, like, wide Twizzlers? <laughs> no, I'm talking about, like, how they're, like, the short Twizzlers. Yay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's only Halloween. Those are so good, but you can't get that, like, on a regular day. Is that your favorite candy? Kind of. I think so, but nobody, I, I don't know if people, like, love Twizzlers, but I do. Yeah, I mean, they're okay. They're not my favorite. What about um Funyuns or Cheddar Fries? Did you have those grown up or mm, not? I don't really like either of those. <laughs> all right ready for the last question <laughs> yeah if you could tell your younger arty self one thing what would you say I think I would say two things and one I kind of already mentioned of like nothing's forever in the sense of like if it's like I think you can always enjoy and learn whether it's a positive or negative experience and again if it's if it's amazing and it's your favorite job ever like unfortunately something's going to happen and it won't stay that way forever like you'll have a there'll be a coaching staff change or there'll be a something, right? Like you could be like, oh, this is amazing. I love it. Like it's great. And then something out of your control changes and it's just a disappointment. So I think just being aware of that in the sense of enjoy it, learn from it. So whether it's again, positive or negative, just be prepared for that change at some point. Um, so again, I just think that do that in a positive light of like, it doesn't last forever, but I would say that. And then also I would say, you can define your own success of like what that looks like because success as a sports dietitian is going to look different throughout your life, right? Like what I thought I wanted to do at, you know, when I first was an RD is different than what I want to do now. And I, and I think that's natural for that to change of like your priorities changing and just life changing and different things that way. So I think that's okay that that changes. And there's, there's so many different jobs now for sports dietitians that like I think that's amazing that there's so many different types of jobs. I mean, I never thought I'd be working for a tech company in sports nutrition, right? But so far, I, I love it. Like, and so I think there's more and more opportunities opening up for that. Um, and so you can do a job that like is right for you and that fits you in that time, and it doesn't have to be with, you know, an NFL team or an NBA team or Power Five, team, Power Five college. I mean, there's so many different jobs that can be fulfilling and that need sports dietitians. And I think that's a positive thing that that's growing. That makes me so happy. It is so true. Like how our field changing. It's like, you can be a sports dietitian, but like you can be yourself because you can find organizations or that, you know, that have your same vision and values. And I think that's, what's really cool about our field growing is like, you're saying you don't have to be pigeonholed. So thank you for sharing that. That's super helpful and just inspiring for sure. Um, thank you so much for being on today. This was so fun having you on. And if anyone has a new job, make sure you email Brittany right away. And if you <laughs> left five years ago, let her know too. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, have a great rest of your night and talk soon. Perfect. Thanks, Liz. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on Sports Artie Snippets. I hope you found our conversation helpful today. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Share the podcast or tell another sports RD to be or sports dietitian about it. If you can rate and review the podcast, it really helps the show and is much appreciated. Remember to follow along on Instagram at Sports Artie Snippets to see what Sports Artie guest is featured each week. 
I'm super excited to bring on my upcoming guests, so stay tuned. I'm Liz Waluka, and thanks so much for listening.